Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. Hello. We're talking about how to live a loving life. And this week, we're jumping into something. We've talked about it before. It's very counterintuitive. It's hard, but I, I, I think it's so important all day long from like the smallest things in our relationships with each other, with our families, to the things so big you can't even imagine that can happen to us or to our families. Um, and, and, and every and, and when I watch people around me in life and when I talk to people who are struggling and having a hard time, we all struggle sometimes, but I want to talk to people who are really struggling and have been for years and they're having a hard time getting anything that once fell apart to come back together or to line out. The one thing that I normally stumble on is their insistence on protecting themselves. And I'm and so we're going to talk about why protecting yourself can be the worst possible thing you can ever do to yourself. Um, we want to clarify, as always, you know, we are not talking about allowing someone to abuse you. I mean, it, you know, this the podcast is not about this, but I always have to put this in there. We're not that that there's you're not protecting them, and you're certainly you know there's nothing loving about that at all. We're talking about a mindset of who comes first. That's what we're talking about. And if I really love someone, I really put someone first, but I say I let them beat me, I'm really not putting them first. I'm really putting myself first because uh, I'm, it's not good for them to beat me or anyone else, okay? So I, I, I know we've made this clear many times before in previous podcasts, but never know when somebody might just be popping in. This is the first one you've listened to. We're... I mean, there's absolutely nothing acceptable about someone else abusing you, hurting you, any of that stuff, or, in, or really in any way, shape, form, or fashion, being selfish. If you love them, you can't help them. You can't pretend it's okay for them to be selfish. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about who we're putting first in our lives. It's counterintuitive because I'm going to play a, a, a clip here. It's going to be an audio. It's, it was a, something I saw on, on uh, Instagram and I, I want to talk about it a little bit because it paints an incredible picture of what we're trying to say. And when you when you hear this, I think, for sure when I heard it and I saw it, I was moved a certain way. And I knew which part of this was right, and I knew which part of this was wrong. It wasn't until after I saw the clip and even shared it, I reposted it on my page with some with, with with some words and just kind of suggesting but the words I put was you know the the most amazing thing about Jesus was that he never let what other people did to him change who he was just meaning you know that everything they put him through even hanging, even we put him on the cross everything else Pilate you know brings him before everyone with everyone watching and and they're publicly shaming him all of those things he never once changed who he was. Like, he didn't become who they were because of what they were doing to him. He remained who he was. It's incredible. Isn't it? Yeah. And so so when, when I saw this clip, I added those words, you know, the, the, the amazing thing about Jesus was he, nothing anyone ever did to him changed who he was. Then I researched the clip, and 
about, you know, to find out what was it really about. And after I researched it, I wasn't sure if I should have shared it because I was thinking, like, as much as I know what this guy said was right, deep down, like, I know it was the right thing because every time I listen to it, tears come to my eyes. Mm -hmm. As much as I know it's right, I'm like, that is so wrong. And... And and me and I wonder me personally. I don't think I'd have done what he did. I think I'd have done. There's two other people in the clip you'll hear right out of the gate. When I heard it and I watched it and I saw it, I knew it was wrong. But once I knew what happened, I felt like that was justified. And I totally understand why they did that. And I might have done the same thing. But here's the bottom line. We're about to play the clip. But here's the bottom line. Um, it doesn't matter how justified it is. In the end, if it's not right, it's going to take you apart and you're going to stay apart until you get right, until you get the truth right in your life, until you settle who comes first in your life, it's never going to get better. And I think when you listen to this clip, if you think about it, these first two people, you're going to think, you know, that was so justified and I would do the same thing, but they're probably, and, and, unless they've gotten past that, they're probably not much better. And then you're going to hear the last guy and you're going to be like, man, that seems so, that was so wrong. You know, if you, when you know what's really happened, I'll tell you about that, but you know, it's right. And it, he's okay mm -hmm. somehow, you know, so love always costs us something, but never more than loving costs us. But let's, let's jump into the clip since we've teased it more than I planned to. I didn't mean to tease it. I just wanted to kind of lay a little groundwork for, for this. And we're going to play the clip and then we'll talk about it. And then, and then we're going we're gonna to move on to talk about what are you doing? You know, what is it? Do you allow how other people treat you determine who you are? In other words, do you only respect people who respect you? Do you only love people who love you? Do you disrespect people who disrespect you? And do you realize if you do all of those things, you're completely obedient to these people that you know are wrong and are doing wrong. So I do what you tell me to do. And this is so hard for me, especially. All day long, every day, I struggle with this constantly because most of my life I just protected myself. You know, it was like, hey, man, <laughs> I'm your friend, but I have no problem being your enemy if you want to be my enemy. And um, it cost me a lot. But here comes the clip. We'll play this and then... Uh, We'll chat about it. I wish for him to have a long, suffering, cruel death. He's going to go to hell, and that's where he belongs. Mr. Ridgway, um, there are people here that hate you. I'm not one of them. You've, you've made it difficult to live up to what I believe, and that is what God says to do, and that's to forgive. You are forgiven, sir. So that's the clip. You, you probably need to see it, too, if you haven't seen it. You can search for it on Instagram. You'll find it. You can look on my Instagram page, at John Kennedy Vaughn. You'll see it there, because it's even more powerful when you see the man, and you see the people, the first two ladies, and then you see the man, and then you see the offender, and the 
the power of the words that he spoke and everything that happened there. So every time I see it, every time I watch it, every time I listen to it, you know, I struggle not to get teary eyed because I'm when I when I witness it, I'm a hundred percent sure. I don't know what happened, but these two ladies have become they're bitter and and they're somewhat hateful. And that that bitterness destroys the bitter and hatefulness destroys the hateful. And that this other man is, he has all the reason in the world, all the justification in the world to be bitter and to be hateful, but he's not. And that somehow he's loving through that. And as a result, I know he's strong and I know these other two people are weak. And I know it's right. And so then I go look into what was going on. Who's Mr. Ridgway that this guy is having to forgive? Well, here you go. Mr. Ridgway was a serial murderer. They don't know. They think he killed between 70 and 90 girls. And so when I saw that part, I wanted to go delete my post because I'm thinking, man, somebody get the rope. I'm picking the tree. Because I want it to be tall. And I want a big limb sticking way out. And I want to set up the ladder. And I want to tie it around his neck. And I want to kick the ladder out. Because I'm going to tell you right now. No one. is going to go killing girls. And have me sit around and pretend it's okay. And that I forgive him. You know, like... Forgive him? What are you talking about? Forgive him for what? You know, I mean, all of this is inside of me. And 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 so I, now, then I go back and I watch the clip and I look at the ladies and I'm like, that's, that's, I, I just told you what I think I would have said. Or maybe I'd have been hiding in the audience somewhere while everybody's giving their little short spills and figuring out how I was about to get to Mr. Ridgeway and, and end this all right here, right now, before this is over with. And, and then this guy gets up there and does what he does. And so it's a, it's a real personal struggle for me. I'm not, I'm almost asking y'all a little bit because I still struggle with this a lot. You know, I, I can be driving down the road and the wrong thing go wrong. And, and, and I find myself like, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I mean, if a guy were rolled up and said, rolled up and said and did all the wrong stuff. You know, there's almost no chance that I wouldn't be coming out of my truck. Um, you know, and 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 before I know it, I might be dead on the highway or get my own family killed because of this. I see it all the time. And but I've I've seen this so many times. I've learned it. I've been taught it. I've been shown it. But all this still, it still wells up in me when this happens. And here's the problem. I know this. But the problem is when I do, when I act on those feelings, I, I put at risk everything that is most valuable in my life for absolutely nothing. Like, so I think it's important for you to realize that, that this gentleman who's saying Mr. Ridgway, you know, I don't know about you, but once I figured out how you, who, he, who this Mr. Ridgway was, I was like, why did he call him Mr. Ridgway? Why did he say that? You know, why, why wouldn't he just say, you sorry, blankety blank? Because he, he, he spent a whole lot of time flushing this out. 
and deciding to trust God and deciding that he was going to respect a murderer, whether he was respected or not, that, that what this guy did wasn't going to change who he was. And that he wasn't going to become who the murderer was. If you watch the two ladies, you know, it's like they kind of became who that guy was. I hope you suffer and die and go straight to hell. You know, I mean, that's that's what that's who the murderer was with all this justification. But this man had flushed that flushed this out to the point in which he he addressed him as Mr. Ridgeway. And why did he do that? And what happened when he did that? Mr. Ridgeway didn't become respectful, respectful, respectable, honorable, none of that. He's still a serial killer. I don't know if he repented or not. I don't know anything about the guy. But this gentleman who was addressing him, his respect made him respectful. And it kept Mr. Ridgeway a murderer from turning him into one and someone who hated their neighbor. You know, to hate your neighbor, is, is, God says, is, it's like murder. And so how do we, so my question is like, I don't know, Tim, maybe you can help me, but like how do we, how do we get to the place where we don't allow, and God forbid we, any of us ever be in this gentleman's position, right? I don't know. I have no idea what I would do or how I would do it. But how do we get to a place where on the smaller level, on the daily level, with our wives, with our children, with everyone else, that we don't instantly snap into this self-preservation, self-protection mode where we get our scowls on our faces like I do, and we bark and we say, I'll tell you one thing. You may do that to everybody else, but you're not going to do it to me. And here's the price you're going to pay if you do. How do we get to a place where we don't allow... The selfishness of others, the disrespect of others, the hate of others, all these different things of other people to change who we are. How do we get to a place where we respect people whether they respect us or not? I'm not sure like daily how I think it's a process like permanently under construction. But here's where it starts for me. It starts for me to remember I am Mr. Ridgeway. And no, I have not murdered people. I haven't done a lot of awful things this guy has done. But I'm equally responsible for Jesus being on that cross. And there is nothing about his love for me that is because of who I am or what I've done or what I've not done. His love for me has absolutely nothing to do with what I do or who I am. His love for me is because of who he is. He is love. You know, if Jesus loves you and he loves me, if we do certain things and we don't do certain things, or if we are certain people and we aren't certain people, then Jesus, like these first two people in this clip, becomes obedient to what you do and who you are. And I'm going to tell you something, he's not. He showed you that in his life and how he lived it and how he went to the cross on your behalf, despite the fact that you didn't earn it, you didn't deserve it, you weren't worthy of it. I'm sorry, but you weren't. If you were worthy, he wouldn't have had to win. But he went on your behalf despite all of that. 
And then he gives us, he gives me his love in place of my filthiness. And then somehow I get a self-righteousness that leads me to a place when I see other people's selfishness that I want to, to make them pay for it because it hurt me. When Jesus didn't make me pay for it because I hurt him. And, and we, we, if we aren't careful, we think, oh, that all sounds all wonderful and lovely, but um, that's not how it works in real life because it's so counterintuitive, insanely counterintuitive. But I got news for you. That's exactly how it works in real life. And you go around protecting yourself and putting yourself first. You're going to break relationships. You're going to run off the most loving people in your life eventually. And until you repent and change, you're going to keep them run off and you're going to stay broken. There's absolutely no escape from it. None whatsoever. But when you put yourself first, I'm sorry, when you, when you put yourself last and you put God and others first and you say, Lord, I want to be who you are, like you are, not because of who I am, but because of who you are and because you love me despite who I am. And we remind ourselves of that constantly it becomes easier and we become quicker at, at when we're offended, when we're hurt by the people we love and, and the people we work with and everyone we're around, that it's easier to, to say, okay, I know what I want to do, but I know what I want to do is wrong. What is right? What would Jesus do? And why would he do it? And even if that costs me something, Lord, that's what I want to do. And when you do that, when you forgive, when you do what's truly best for other people, you don't spend a lifetime falling apart. You fall apart every now and then, but God spends a lifetime putting you back together. And in that process, you can become whole. And so I think this is a, this is a, a, a constant battle for me. I'm sure it's a constant battle for you. The wonderful thing is, like, the, the hardest part for me is that I always thought, okay, if I do all of this stuff, I'm just going to get run over all the time. But as you know, if you've listened to the other podcasts, if we love people, we don't let them run over us. Not so we don't get run over, but so they don't run over people. And we take a stand. This gentleman here, I don't, th- you know, he, w- I don't think he was saying, hey, let's not send Mr. Ridgeway to prison. He wasn't saying that. He was saying Mr. Ridgeway needs to pay for his, pay for his crime. But I forgive him. And and Mr. Ridgeway may or may not have been any better for that. But I promise you, this gentleman certainly was. Going along with what you've been saying is two scriptures come to my mind. One of them is Matthew 16, 25. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then Matthew 5, 38 to 39 says... You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. I think we need to be careful because like what you said at the beginning of the podcast, we're not talking about, you know, allowing abuse or anything like that. That's not what Jesus is saying here. So, but it goes along with, you know, not protecting ourselves, you know. Yeah, so and every time, as many times I heard that scripture, I'm like, 
I, and I know there's got to be a lot of people like me. Maybe I'm the only one, but I'm sure a lot of people are thinking that sounds wonderful, but whatever, you know, like you, you slap me on one cheek, I'm going to turn the other. Um, it, and it might get you slapped, but look, you're, you, you telling people they're not allowed to slap you is not going to keep you from getting slapped. And what Jesus is saying is, is don't become these people. Mm-hmm. Don't become who they are by thinking that, you know, by, by, by taking an eye for an eye for nine or two for two, that's what these two first two people in this clip were saying, you know, you did this and it's so justified. It's hard for me to even say this in this case. But it's, I'm sorry, it's just the deep truth. You know, if you listen to it, you know it's right and you know it's true. And I'm not saying that if, if we witness this happening, we stop it at all possible costs, obviously. But just that what we will not do is become what we know is so wrong because we were wronged. That is like, I think it's one of Satan's greatest traps is that he hurts he leads people to hurt people so that these hurt people will do nothing but hurt other people because they become what they despise. And Jesus is saying, he's not He's not trying to tell you be a punching bag. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. He's not telling you, hey, just go around letting everybody slap you. He's, he's telling you don't become who they are. And if you love people, you don't just let everybody keep slapping you. So what does it look like in real life? It means you slap me, I forgive you, and... I'd, I'd like to know why you did it, and I want you to understand, I don't want you to ever do it again. And if you keep doing it, I'm not going to help you keep doing it. You're going to find somebody else to slap because I'm not going to be here for you to slap me. It's, it, love protects you long before you need a boundary that says, okay, you slap me until I can't take it anymore, so now I need this boundary so you can't slap me anymore. Well, they don't care about your boundary. They're going to keep slapping you. Your boundaries are ways we stay in relationships we shouldn't be in to begin with. Love is its own boundary, which is, hey— I'm not going to help you slap anyone ever. So you don't stay in that. You, you can't stay close to someone who refuses to change. But what you don't do is become who they are. Does that, am I making sense? Yeah. I know it's, I know this is hard to process. I think, you know, it's right. I played the clip because I wanted you to hear that and, and, and realize, you know, that it's right. You know, and I think if you watch it, you know, it's right. Even though it's, in, <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. With the ladies, it breaks my heart because although their feelings are justified, or they seem like, and I feel like I would feel that just like they felt it, but they've allowed those feelings to become who they are and to to be manifested in their heart, and so it's coming out of their mouth now, and that I it's just so hard to even wrap my mind around something like that happening but i feel for them that they've they've become that yeah and that's so well said and 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 when we do that it just makes this is the hard part that makes so much sense it's so justified Mm -hmm. but love doesn't need justification right and you're skipping over the most in order to get there you have to skip over the most important part and that is that we think we're better than someone else because we didn't do what they did. Mm-hmm. But the reality is we did as much or worse. Like as bad as you think I am, I'm worse than that. And no, I haven't committed murder. I haven't I haven't done some of these things that we consider horrible. But um 
you know, Jesus, he makes it so clear, you know? I mean, if, if you, if, if you, if you committed murder in your heart, you've committed murder. Mm -hmm. So who are you going to become? I guess that's the bottom line. That's the question. Who are you going to become when you get hurt? Because I got, I got a little bit of bad news. You're going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get hurt almost every day. And you're going to get hurt most often by the people closest to you. I'm not talking about murder, but I'm talking, you know what I'm talking about. Because it happens all day long, every day. And, and it's a constant pull in the wrong direction. And it's so persistent that if we just fight the pull, eventually it will win and we'll become what we hate. And we'll, we'll be hardest on the people we say we love the most, love the most. But if our response to the pull in the wrong direction is to go the other direction towards Christ and who he was, to remind ourselves of his love for us, despite who we are, mm -hmm. then it becomes easier I mean, we don't have to resist the pull. We just run to Jesus. So we don't we don't fight the pull in the wrong direction. We drop everything and we run to him. Mm -hmm. And then we allow his truth to set up deep in within our hearts. Because you like you said, you know, that that this is really manifested in their hearts. You can see how. You know how it manifests in our hearts. They 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 and how would you not? Yeah. You sit around, you think about it all day long, every day. And the more you think about it, the more it manifests. It gets 100% of your undivided attention until it grows and grows and grows. Until And then when it's fully developed, you are what you despised. Mm -hmm. So I hope this makes sense. And the only way the man did different is through Jesus, like you right. said. It was, And that's the only way, I believe. That's right. Is through Jesus. And I'm sure he shot many a knives. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He probably tied many a ropes. Yeah. He probably picked a few trees. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there's no way he didn't, but he got in the right fight instead of fighting fear mm -hmm. and hate and all of those things and becoming what it was. He, somehow he re actually became more like Jesus. And, uh, and then bam, there it was. And everybody knows it was right. Yeah. Everybody on the comments on Instagram and like so many people were just like, wow, that's all I could say. Like, right. I was just like, wow, right. it's incredible. Right. So that's the wonderful thing. We'll wrap it up like this. That is the wonderful thing about love is that, is that when it's displayed, like it's so hard. I got, I got 2000 videos on Instagram and I, and I think all I do is confuse people because it's so counterintuitive. I'm just trying to turn the light on to what it is. But then when you see it and you hear it in action, not 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 lectured to you or taught to you, when you see it unfold like that, like it it drops to your core, mm -hmm. you know, the chill bumps come, the tears roll. And, you, and, and if nothing else, you know, that was right. Mm -hmm. As wrong as it seems. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. So it is counterintuitive. And, um, and so we want to do this podcast to challenge you, moms and dads, brothers, sisters, husbands and wives, and all of that. Um, first and foremost, with those who are closest to you, to uh, to not become what you despise because you get hurt, and um, and then to the people you as you go around in this in this life, and you're constantly challenged with this um, with other people. 
that um that we stay like this gentleman here and um and more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then when we fail as we will often that uh, we have the courage to say, I'm sorry for how I responded. As justified as it was, um, it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And um, here's some things that might need to change, but uh, on, on the top of the list is me. So hope that makes sense. It's good. Till next time, trust God's word no matter what. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to the Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.